When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to Car Stuff. My name is Ben Bolin. And I'm Scott Benjamin. Scott, I have a brief rant. Please go for it. Just whatever. Is this going to involve any kind of... uh, Swearing or something, we're gonna have to, you know, delete. We'll fix it in post. Fair enough. Beep. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, so, this is something that I have thought about for a long time. Maybe this isn't quite a rant because I'm not particularly angry with anyone. I don't think I have a right to be angry about this. But man, naming cars, naming cars, must take so much work. I mean, unless you're Henry Ford and you name a car after your kid, it's got to take so much work to figure out a a good car name and we've talked about this in the past but it still startles me uh when we talk about some car names uh just just stink man just look i'm being subjective right mm-hmm. but some car names are are just unbelievable considering that an auto manufacturer must spend untold millions of dollars to make a new vehicle and it's pretty difficult to make a car. Uh, I was almost cursing. Uh, (laughs) We'll fix it. We'll fix it in post. Uh, But with all these difficulties and with all the work that goes into making a car, you would think that at some point there would be somebody who would say, hey, that's a terrible name. And um, I just wanted to get that out of the way because I think most of these names are great. Yeah. You know what? I would... I've. In the past, I've kind of thought, like, what would I name a, a new vehicle? Yeah, it's a weird one-hand clapping kind of and question. It, it's hard because, you know, you th- you instantly start thinking of names that are already out there to begin with because there's thousands of them. Sure. And, you know, you've already got this image associated, you know, in your in your head, you know, what you should name it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you would have to kind of make up a word, make up a new word. Or you don't want to call it something kind of boring. I mean, it, you don't right. want it, you don't want it to be drab. You don't want it to be uh, lifeless. Name. Yeah, you don't want it to convey bad things about the car, like the plotter. 
Yeah, that would be a bad one. Exactly. Yeah, there's there's certain names that that bring forth certain images in your head, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what you know. I think that the 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 list that we're going to be going over today, I think that's why this list is so good because manufacturers they at at one point in history named a lot of vehicles after animals. Yeah, and I would like to see this habit come back because, as we're going to see, this was once very common with almost any kind of a vehicle that you could imagine, and now it's something that we associate much more with sports cars. Yeah, this is a and, – and you know what? Honestly, modern-day vehicles, very few are named after animals at this point. Very and, few. And new vehicles that are coming out. I mean, there's – you know, we've got the list here, and I'm sure that there are others that we're going to forget along the mm-hmm. way, so we'll have listeners to – Remind us gently of some of these, uh, some of the names that maybe we've uh, we've neglected to cover on this list. But you know, we've got an, an article on our site called 30, "33 Cars Named After Animals." We're going to go through this list, you know, just one by one. You can follow along at home if you want. Click on the links, see what's uh, see what we're talking about a for each one. A little bit about each of these. And I've got a couple of extras here, just just a few that you know maybe didn't make the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's about it. We just want to you know mention some of these and and see what you know the name evokes in your mind, really. This might be a walk down memory lane for some folks. Could be, and we're just going to have a you know just have a little fun. A few things to say about each one. Mm-hmm. Move on to the next one. Let's just cover it that way. How about that? That sounds great. What do you have to say about numero uno? We should mention this is in no particular order. Yeah, it's not alphabetical, not uh, chronological, any other way. And not value based. So exactly. The Plymouth Barracuda. Awesome car. Great name. Love it. I wish they would bring the Barracuda back. Um, this is one that you know would kind of go along the lines of like you know the the uh, the Charger that they've got the you know the, well of course the Camaro and the Mustang and all those <laughs> right, that are right. kind of the throwback cars you know the mm-hmm. 1960s but uh, the Barracuda is one that I've always loved and maybe not so much I like the the original ones like the 64 65 those with the curved glass in the back um, my uncle had one that was the first car I ever rode in above 100 miles an hour I think. Oh, pretty sure. Yeah, Backcountry right. roads, going fishing, you know, yeah. through the cornfields, that type of thing. Um, the later versions, I think, the late '60s versions, with that uh, that that front end with the grill with the the gills in it. Uh huh. That's the kind that I wish they would bring back. And then, uh, while we're waiting for that to come back, we already know about the fan favorite, the Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah, yeah. The that's bug. the. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm fifty fifty about it. What do you think? What do I think about the- about the about the bug in general? You know, it's it's got. Um, I'll tell you what. Not necessarily a car for me. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm. I'm glad that it's back. Well, it never really left because it was in that plant in Mexico for a while. Yes. But uh, I think I think it's a good car for what it is. I think that its appearance has really won it over. Um, at a risk of sounding kind of rude, I'm gonna say that it's. Uh, it's sort of the Steve Buscemi of cars. <laughs> what I mean by this, what I mean by this is not like objectively, it's not the smoothest, coolest looking car, but it does have a unique look, and I think that's worked out for that car. I of cannot course. believe I made that analogy. How, how can you? You can't really put down a classic, I guess. But uh, you know, I, I prefer the Vans over the uh, over the Beetle. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. It's it's timeless design, I guess, and and very well recognized. I mean, worldwide too. Worldwide, and worldwide. you know what? Uh, that guy who stuck a jet engine in it really yeah. saved the beetle for me. <laughs> That's right. So yeah. here's one with a little bit more of an awkward name: the bison. Yeah, the bison. Now that's uh, that's a big animal. Yeah, it's this a big is, animal. It's a powerhouse. This is a big truck. It's a heck of a truck. Um, it is a Chevrolet truck, a heavy duty truck, and it's probably not what you think. It's a it's a semi. Yeah, you see, uh, this is not. 
a daily driver. No, no. This is uh, this is something that not everybody would have any kind of familiarity with. Um, it's on the lines of like a Mack truck or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, a great mm-hmm. big pickup truck. Or I'm sorry, a great big semi truck. Um, the next one, the Blackhawk by uh, manufacturer Stutz, and um, I've seen one of these in person. Have you? I was going to ask you. I did. I saw one in a parking lot of a movie theater many, many years ago. These are not common cars. No, they're very, they're very uncommon. And uh, there's, you know, take a look at a picture of a uh, Blackhawk Stutz and you, or Stutz awesome. Blackhawk, and what? I said they're awesome. They oh, look awesome. Oh, Ben. What? It's uh, maybe not so awesome. I didn't say the performance. I said the look <laughs> of the vehicle is awesome. I see we disagree on this one. So oh, uh, we're at kidding? number four, and we already exactly. disagree. Uh, uh, right. Maybe you have to see it in person. I get. Yeah. Maybe all that's right. it. Maybe you that's the key to this whole list. Probably. We'll fight after this. All right. So <laughs> next is the uh, Nissan or Datsun. I guess it'd be Datsun early on. Yeah. Uh, the Bluebird. Yeah. Bluebird. And uh, I'm looking at an image of this one, and it's kind of like a rally car, um, road rally car. Okay. Okay. Um, but that. you know, just economy car, four door. Some I think it was maybe a two two door variant of this. But um, uh, I'm not a fan of this. See, one. I don't think Bur- I don't think Bluebird's a very good name for a car. What about Coyote? That's uh, a that's an easy. You know, uh, oh, one. the Coyote in Hardcastle McCormick. <laughs> that was an awesome car, but it was a kit car. Yeah. So that's you know that's one I didn't even have on my uh, my list of extras that one oh, didn't the make the list. The shows, man. No, no, not at all. Did it wasn't there. Next is the uh, the Ford Bronco. Classic. And uh, I've got an image here of one from 1966, but they made them all the way up to 96. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it was the infamous uh, Ford Bronco Chase, mm-hmm. which everybody can find photos of online. But uh, Ford Bronco, great big, um, I don't know what you call that, like not an SUV, not a pickup, really. Um, the back end could come off of them. It's kind of a crossover between those. Yeah, it was a, it was a big vehicle, though, yeah. and uh, very, very popular for Ford for a long time, and they even made the little Ford Bronco 2 for a while, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, kind of the economy that. version of, of the Ford Bronco. Yeah. Um, that was actually, I think it was popular for a long, long time because there were many of them on the road. It was no Dodge Charger, though. No, Dodge Charger number seven, and uh, you know what I think of when I think of Charger? What? Generally. <laughs> you think of the General Hazard, yes. Yeah, that's that's the vehicle I think of. Now, Charger, you know, they've got the current version, which mm-hmm. is cool. Yeah, but cool. Um, I don't know. I just I kind of drift back to those 1960s yeah. models. Maybe maybe we're getting older, but I, I just I, – you can't beat the older ones. You can't mm. beat the 1960 model. Yeah, probably. So here's one that people are probably – not going to see in real life unless they go out and look for it. Yeah, I don't think so. This is a you're more than likely to see a kit car version of this if you ever sure. do see one because it, um, uh, it's a Cheetah and mm. it was a 1960s race car. Um, extremely powerful, extremely low weight. Has kind of a, uh, a kind Cobra of a design too. Yeah, kind of a uh, yeah like a shooting brake design. Um, I don't know, kind of a Cobra look to it. It's mm. it's an awesome sports car. I, I think the back end is so cool with the uh, the wheels right at the very back end. You sit right near the rear axle. Yeah, this car is worth checking out. It's like a uh, like a, get a chance a cartoonish Corvette, maybe <laughs> almost like that. Doesn't yeah. it look like that? It does. Um, so a car that's similar the uh, the Shelby Cobra. Of um, course. I don't think we need to say much about that. That's uh, we have it, an episode about. This. Everybody knows about those. Yeah. Uh, the Mercury Cougar. I included a photo here of uh, we're, we're following along with our own sets of images, but right. the cougar on the hood. Yeah, this is clearly an ad image for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to dispel any myths, the original Mercury Cougar did not, in fact, come with a pet cougar. Yeah, and what about this myth? And I think I'm going to have to go to Snopes to find this out, but mm-hmm. I, I heard some rumors that that you know some 
appearance that Cougar mauled somebody. You know what? I heard some of that, too. I thought yeah. it was an urban legend, though. Yeah, that's what I thought, too, but I'm going to have to double-check now when we leave this podcast. Yeah, nobody quote us on that one until we, we double-check <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure. Next one, Volkswagen Fox. You don't see a whole lot of these often, but you know what? Uh, they still make a Fox in Latin America and Europe. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm thinking of the old boxy-style Fox, the mm-hmm. one that predated the Jetta. Um, so that's that's the kind of I'm thinking of when I think of it. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy. And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And then we have at number 12, The uh, Gazelle by Singer. Now, this is 
by far and away the most ungazelle looking car <laughs> yeah. to ever be named gazelle. I know it's it's one of those that the name just doesn't match the vehicle at all as as will happen in a few of these cases here but mm-hmm. um it's a British car made from 1956 to about 1958 so very limited production mm-hmm. not the Singer sewing machine company. No, totally um, different. They made about 6000 total and that's it. So um it's a it's kind of a rarity but um Again, four-door car, pretty basic, your your typical British sedan. Right, and you can see the hallmarks of British uh, car design at that time mm-hmm. all over this vehicle, the way the headlamps are, mm-hmm. the the smaller grille in the front. This yeah, is clearly the, uh, a British vehicle. Uh, it's got the uh, rearview mirrors on the fender, the front fenders. Yeah, It's interesting. Nice it's, it's kind of a neat little car, but um, I don't know, just not not a fan here. I'm gonna. I kind of want to skip number 13 just to say that it's a car. It's the Honeybee Datsun. <laughs> You know, it's yeah, that's cool. funny. Yeah, it's neat. You know, but the the interesting thing about the Honeybee Ben, it mm-hmm. was a it was a Nissan or Datsun. I guess it would be a Datsun. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an economy car that had fantastic mileage for the time. Um, twenty nine city, forty one highway. No kidding. Yeah, so 41. it's kind of forty one. So we're kind of getting back to um, so this Honeybee had great mileage, and we're getting back to like. Remember the like the Ford Festiva that I had that that would get I swear it was getting fifty miles a gallon. Yeah, you still talk about that one. Yeah, and cars like that, you know, in that era, like the the CRX and uh, mm-hmm. you know lightweight economy cars, they got outstanding mileage. And uh, you know, then when you started adding everything that we had to add for safety, you know, all the airbags and you know the the bigger bumpers and you know the right. uh, the reinforced doors and all that, which are good things to have. They are. But uh, you can see what it does to mileage quick, when, and, and you can see it in the honeybee. No kidding. All right. Next one. I'm kind of excited about this one, uh, the Impala. Ah, yes. Why are you excited? Now, I know why you're excited. Well, you go first. Uh, I'm excited because one of my favorite vehicles um, is the 1961 Impala SS409. Love that car. Went to that car show recently in mm-hmm. Pine Mountain, Georgia, saw a bunch of these, took some great photos. I think those were the only cars that I took photos of while I was there. They were that interesting. Wow. They were that spectacular. Stole the show, huh? Yeah, they really were. But they've made them from 1957 until, well, until now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came out as a 1958 model. But, uh, Ben, you may have some more information about the Impala, right? Well, Scott, I do have information about Impala, but it's not that startling. It's just subjective. Uh, as everybody knows right now, I'm the owner of a Chevrolet Monte Carlo, which is my trusty sidekick, if you will. It's uh, not an animal. Well, it's not an animal. I know. I know. I'm just saying it to say this. It, it's the Garfunkel to my Simon. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the uh, the Mobile to my Batman, the Batmobile to my Batman. But uh, if I can swing things, I would like to be the proud owner of a Chevy Impala in the future. Spoiler alert. But I don't know when that's going to happen. Oh, no kidding. So that's the uh, possibility. That's that's what I'm going for. Man. Okay. They're just good vehicles. They're classic. I love it. And, uh, you know, Chevy doesn't pay me to say this. I, I think that they are good cars, though. Uh, just a longtime fan. Just a longtime fan. Yeah. And you guys know how it is when you when you have a certain car that just gives you that itch. You know what I'm a long-term fan of? What's that? Jaguar. Oh, not yeah. the Not the entire mark, but mm-hmm. one specific vehicle. I love the E-Type. And uh, Jaguar is, of course, the you know what we're talking about because that's an a, an animal. Mm-hmm. But um, I just love the E type design, and you can kind of see that in the Cheetah as well. You know, the same type of design, that shooting brake design. But um, I, I had to include an image of the uh, the E type as our Jaguar example <laughs> in our in our list that we're following along with. But uh, again, what more to say about that? 
what more to say? We'd have we'd need a whole podcast to talk about. How about the Studebaker Lark? Oh my gosh! Again with the bird stuff, man. Mm-hmm. These cars on this list that are named after birds do I, don't look. I, I know it's 1959 and 1966. Not really a whole lot to say about the Lark. I mean, take a look at the photo and uh, you make up your mind. I mean, I'm sure there's a, a you know. A, a group of fans out there, a fan base that loves the Lark and would right. say nothing bad about it, but um, relatively plain Jane. Something that's not plain Jane, number 17, the AMC Marlin. Yeah, and a lot of people recognize the AMC Marlin because it has a singular hatchback approach. Yeah, you know what? To me, this looks an awful lot like the Barracuda that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Not the one that I, I pictured, the but one the, you have the, picture the, the 1965 version, the one that had the curved glass. Mm-hmm. Imagine it without the curved glass. This huh. has a this has a very similar body style and look. Similar um, profile, yeah. Usually painted really cool with a great big stripe down the middle of them. A lot of them have that. Um, really cool looking car, and honestly, you can pick up a Marlin for not much money these days. That's what I that's what I hear. Yeah, I uh, don't I don't know why. I'm I not exactly sure. Why. I mean, I, I just don't. There's got to be a reason. Uh huh. And I'm sure that somebody will will tell us the reason. But uh, you know, for whatever reason, you can pick up a used uh, AMC Marlin for not so much. And if you're lucky, you can find a Ford Mustang yeah. for a good price. Now, these are, of course, so well known that, um, you know, what, what's funny to me is that uh, I've met a couple of people who don't know the etymology of Mustang. They didn't know that the, the horse that this is named after. Oh, okay. So hmm. that's kind of interesting. I, I think that was what they would think of. Off the off the bat, instead of instead of the car, maybe if they weren't car people, you know. Well, yeah, but uh, some people who are car people don't know that the Mustang is a kind of horse. Oh, I get it. Even though it's right there in the logo. Yeah, so so it seems like it's a made up word to them, like Camry or something. Oh, okay, got it. <laughs> is Camry made up? I I'm just going with it. Yeah, why not? Okay. <laughs> so um, the Mustang, anyways, was 1964 and mm-hmm. a half to present. Um, I'm kind of liking the newer ones, really. I don't know why I like the newer really? ones, but I I, I kind of do. I was not a fan for a long time, like the Fox Body era. You didn't like that? Not so much, but I uh, I really do like the new ones. Okay. This, this is one of the first times that I've ever heard you pick a newer uh, a newer design of a car. Oh, I don't know. know. Camaro's pretty awesome. That Camaro's pretty awesome. But, um, but you know what? <laughs> Similar. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Ford Pinto. All right, so let's move on. Let's get through a couple of these kind yeah, of quick. Yeah, How about fast. we do that? The Ford Pinto, 1970 to 1980. There's a lot to say about this, honestly. We could do a whole episode on this. Mm. Um Named after a bean? No, I'm kidding. It's not. That's another, isn't that another horse? Pinto's another horse, right? I believe so. I yes. think it is. So uh, there was a 1977 controversy mm-hmm. uh, where they had the rear end collisions, and there's like a fuel filler neck that would break off and uh, right. spill fuel and Gave fires. Gave the Pinto kind of a bad name. Very bad name. The recall is in 1978, and uh, they just never came back from that. 1980, mm. it was gone. Um, Volkswagen Rabbit, 1974. They're still making the Rabbit, which is kind of cool. I like that yeah. design. I like the old ones, of course. I always like the older vehicle, it seems. Um <laughs> Dodge Ram only goes back to 1981. And this is a tremendously popular vehicle. Very popular. And not only that, but I'm going to go ahead and make a call. This name fits this vehicle so well. I think it does. This is a this is a very good choice for Dodge. And um, I, I I don't know. I, I can't say enough about the Dodge Ram. I mean, I think that really they're, they're great. They're great trucks. And I think... Um, Again, not paid or anything. I'm just saying that they're, they they look fantastic. I, I mean, you see them everywhere, so uh, you know there, there's a reason for that. Well, I mean, what along a, with the F-150, you know, that's yeah. popular. Can't touch it. They get the job done. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, they're for pros. Uh, All right, number twenty-two, Roadrunner, the Plymouth Roadrunner. Now, the Plymouth Roadrunner, you might, uh, you know, nineteen sixty-eight to nineteen eighty, you might think of, you know, anything in between there. The one I think of, mm. the one that we've got pictured here, the nineteen seventy Superbird version. Oh yeah, of recognizable course. by the uh, the elongated body and the spoiler there. Exactly, the NASCAR version. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's my favorite, and the one that surprisingly didn't do well at the dealership when it first came out, but now. Oh boy! If you could find one. Well, you know, there's that old uh, there, there's that old saying or, or understanding that one of the most difficult car buys to make if you're a family member, you know, like you're you're the mom or the dad in a family, it's a little bit more difficult to get a coupe because you, as when you think of family, think of a four door. Sure, car. you need the sedan. Yeah, yep. so uh, yeah, this is probably a kind of a hard sell. Mm-hmm. And um, anyways, I, it, interesting car. I love the Plymouth Roadrunner. And then we've got the Mercury Sable. Yeah, the Mercury Sable. Um, <laughs> the image that I chose for this one was the uh, the t- Ford Taurus from the late 1980s. Um, they actually made the Sable from 85 to about 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of like a mid-size, full-size thing. Yeah. Uh, Four-door, just kind of uh, middle-of-the-road vehicle, but again, named after an animal, so that's why it's on the list. This next one is probably one of my favorite body designs, at least from the photo you have. No kidding. The Buick Skylark. Yeah, man, this is awesome. Well, this... I, I gave you a photo of a first-generation Skylark. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that is a beautiful car, Ben. Yeah, it's cherry. It's got the white wall tires, and mm-hmm. uh, it's got the kind of body work that you just don't see nowadays. Skylark. So there's another uh, That's animal, I mean, uh, a bird. Yeah, um, you know, I'm trying to make peace with my uh, prejudice <laughs> against bird cars. All right. Well, how about how about spider cars like the Porsche that's next? Because um, uh, that's see, to me, I see a spider as a type of vehicle. Now, I know there's a Porsche spider that came out in the 1950s, the the, uh, the 550 model, and Ooh. that's uh, James Dean's car. You know that uh, the yeah, car, these cars, the, the legendary little, yeah, cursed the, the, Porsche, the little bastard. <laughs> that's the one I had to say because he. he um, he made it famous, I guess, in, in that, you know, more famous than it would have been, I suppose, by, you know, kind of uh, creating this, this legend around this vehicle. Right. right. I mean, that's uh, that's what you always think about when you see this this 550 Spider vehicle mm-hmm. is uh, James Dean's car and, you know, the, the infamous cursed vehicle that he mm-hmm. has and all the parts that go along with it. So, yeah. Um, number 26 is a Stag, uh, who's made, which is made by Triumph, and it was actually kind of low production since mm-hmm. 1970, 1978. Ben, personally, yeah, I'm kind of a Spitfire guy myself. When I'm when you talk about um, Triumph, yeah, no kidding. Um, similar in design, just not quite as sporty. Um, yeah, Stag is for some people, not for others. Not L- me. a little more accessible. Maybe right? not me. But number twenty-seven. Listen, if you don't like this car, Scott, then I'm not sure where what the future of this show is going to be <laughs> because is... the Stingray is. Yeah. Beautiful. It is. Anybody who says a word against this thing, this thing is like, um, what's that quote that people often bandy about uh, where they say architecture is frozen music? This car is moving music. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, it's a, it seems like a masterpiece, really. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, uh, they were built from 1963 to 67, and then again from 1969 to 76. So there's a couple generations there. Uh, the one that I like in particular, I've mentioned this before, is the C2, which is the 63 to 67, mm-hmm. the one that's pictured with the, the split back window. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, just a gorgeous car. So there's a, there's a lot of good things to say about the Stingray, and we've done Corvette shows before with, uh, you know, the Bill Mitchell and the inf- yeah. the Mako Shark thing. Oh yeah, uh, which is you know what Mako Shark's not on our list, but that was a concept vehicle, so mm-hmm. we'll um, we'll move on. And let's let's skip through these. We're getting through the, yeah. the tail end. So there's the Dodge Super B. Yep, Super B, love it. I mean, they brought it back for a short time in uh, 2007. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one that you can never miss. The cla- the the classic the Ford Thunderbird yeah exactly Thunderbird um, I'm not a fan of the uh, what's believe it or not been the 11th generation the uh, the modern Thunderbird that's no longer around mm-hmm. um, just not my thing not really not, not my really thing I like uh, 64 65 something like that well then would you be interested in a Dodge Viper I my friend absolutely would <laughs> I uh, the GTS is probably one of my favorite versions the uh, the the the, the coupe mm-hmm. uh, with the racing stripes, typically blue. Yeah, um, that's just my favorite. How about you? What, which uh, do you like, the older Viper or the newer Viper design, or something in between? You know, um, gonna go with the new one. Really? Yeah. I just love that giant vent in the front. You know, like right in front of the, mm-hmm. the front door, uh, that great big opening. It's like a great big gill slit almost. Yeah. Um, I just love that on the Viper. Um, here's one. What's up? The Hudson Wasp. Now, this was, uh, I've heard of the Hudson Hornet. Mm-hmm. This is the Hudson Wasp. I'm guessing it, it looks very similar. I tried to find out the difference between the Hornet and the Wasp. I couldn't find it. Uh, but it's very limited production from 52 to 56. Uh, you gave me a, a Matchbox car that was the Hudson Hornet. Yep. And I love that car. It's a beautiful car. Um, it's better when it's an actual car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, well, anyways, it's still cool to have on my desk. I appreciate it. Here's one I never heard of. I've never heard of it. Never heard of it. I had not heard of the Kissel White Eagle. The White Eagle. Now, this is strange, but this one goes all the way back to 1927. Uh, they built it until about 1930, and Kissel was one of these uh, automobile manufacturers that went defunct early on. Back when there was literally a plethora. Yeah, there were hundreds and hundreds, if not a thousand, um, U.S. auto manufacturers at the time. Uh, we've got an entire show on that, by the way. Uh, but they were only around from 1906 to 1930. Uh, so it was a short production for them and even a shorter production for the, the, uh, the White Eagle. And our very end of this, of this list from our article, mm-hmm. at least, is the Buick Wildcat. Yeah. You know, there's a street version of this and there's a concept version of this. Yeah, and you were uh, kind enough to uh, include a picture of the 1985 concept. Yeah, yeah that's right. There was a, the, the production version from Buick, which was 1963 to 1970, mm-hmm. so short production, but really cool-looking car. Um, classic Detroit iron-type car, big car. And then uh, there's this concept vehicle, which is really out there. You know, it's like um, yeah. a bubble-shaped design. I saw this car in person at the GM Styling Dome. Did you? Uh, yeah, I was uh, invited in with uh, my dad was doing a program with General Motors at the time, and I went in as a youngster mm-hmm. uh, into the GM Styling Dome, and there on display, you know, the turntable in the middle of the Styling Dome with all the lights on it mm-hmm. was the Buick Wildcat, along with the Corvette Indy, which was a, um, a, a concept car. Corvette, mm-hmm. and uh, it's gorgeous. I mean, it just stuck in my mind forever as being one of the coolest concept cars. And when you see it in person, far beats uh, you know any, any image you're going to see online of this thing. But um, really, really neat car. And here's the and part. what a great name, by the way. Yeah, that is a Wild, good... Wildcat is an awesome name. They should bring yeah. that back. And I was just about to address that question because I'm sure there are people who are listening and they're wondering, Scott and Ben, why are you uh, giving us this? quick introduction to all these vehicles based on their name. What's in a name? Uh, and to that question, 
I would respond a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, everything is in the name of these things because uh, you'd be surprised how much this, this plays into people's. Like I said, we, we mentioned earlier what it, what kind of image it, it instantly brings to your mind, and just think when you think of Wildcat, you're not thinking of some very subtle sedan. You're thinking of something that's kind of like a track car. Mm-hmm. Something kind of a monster on the road, and for instance, uh, for a counterexample, uh, you would never, you would probably never buy a car called the Honda Dodo. Yeah, or the Snail, or the Snail, or the Tortoise. Yeah, yeah. here's uh, the uh, here's the latest VW Slug. Mm-hmm. And the urban legends of car history are rife with the stories of poorly named cars. I yeah. think one of my one of my favorites, we may have recounted this in an earlier episode, one of my favorite uh, stories, unconfirmed, about cars concerns the Chevy Nova, mm-hmm. which, uh, according to legend, had terrible sales in uh, Latin America. Nova meaning, of course, it doesn't go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are a couple of other, there are a couple of other ones that maybe you're not so much safe for a family show like that. Yeah, ours. they have lots of car lore at Snopes, so check it out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one thing that's true, though, and mm-hmm. uh, you'll hear this bantied about a little bit, is another car that uh, didn't make our list that's named after an animal. Um, it's the De Tomaso Pantera. Now, Pantera means panther, mm-hmm. and uh, the Pantera is an awesome car. It's a sports car, rear engine, um, V8, very, very strong supercar looks almost, you know, for the for the era that it was built. Um Elvis owned one of these famously, <laughs> and uh, one day it wouldn't start, and he shot it. Yes. Oh, good, yep, that yep. works. Yeah, he shot it. So, um, you know, as he did the TVs and you know whatever mm-hmm. else wouldn't work, apparently he uh, he shot it, and uh, you know that vehicle makes the rounds, uh, you know, with other rock and roll memorabilia. Yeah, so, no, Scott, you know, I'm I was uh, born in Nashville, so don't be careful what you say about the king. I'm not going to disparage the king in any okay. way. Don't okay. worry about that. He uh, He's quite a character, and uh, I, I really love all the stories surrounding him. <laughs> they're so entertaining, and, and it just makes you scratch your head. He did shoot that car, though. Yeah, you know, that's not, oh, that's I not know. an urban legend. He I, shot it. I know he absolutely did. I, I, I can believe every word of it. Um, you know, I was just scratching down some other names here. I got two others that I, that I thought of. Uh, there's the Corbin Sparrow. Mm. Which is a three-wheel car that's uh, kind of yeah, like a motorcycle Which we actually uh, saw at Georgia Tech campus. You have seen one on the road. I've never seen one on the road, but you have seen one. Oh, yeah. Um, well, do the other car, and then maybe we'll make uh, it the, a stuff. The, the very last one that I just thought of, um, Hyundai makes a car called the Tiburon, and that means the shark. Mm-hmm. And that's one that is neglected from the list, but um, I, I don't know where that, you know, I, sometime, a long time ago I heard that, and it's just stuck with me ever since that that means the shark. Yeah, it's so, cool. Uh, that, that's a cool name. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I guess we'll do this as a stuff Ben sees. Great. It's weird. Uh, so as some folks know, I am a part-time student uh, at Georgia Tech. Uh, and one thing that's really cool about going to that campus is that it's filled with brilliant people who are always trying the next thing. And a lot of their stuff is unorthodox. So where would I be more likely to see a three-wheeled car like this uh, than on the uh, tech campus? And so uh, there I am. I'm, I'm walking down the way, and I, I see this. It's kind of a powder blue, and it's parked on the side of the road. And I look around, you know, to check the scene. And then what else can I do, man? I start taking Photographs, right? Sure. And Georgia Tech has, in the pro- off and on, some problems with crime. So I am approached by uh, 
someone who's clearly a uniformed security officer, like a campus cop kind of person. And um, they asked me, you know, what I'm doing, because obviously I'm leaning in against the window to try to get a picture of the steering okay. and the dash. So this is more than just standing 20 feet back and taking a photo. Uh, it looked a little creepy. I will definitely post these on to either our Facebook or maybe a blog to let you guys get a closer look at it. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And at this point, I think I'd really, I'm I'm still kind of fascinated by car names. I'd really like to hear uh, listener ideas for good or bad car names. Oh, animal names. How about names uh, how about some animal names that they could uh, they could bring back, or um, maybe not bring back, but but mm-hmm. create. 
uh, something new that hasn't been done before that wasn't on our list. Or, um, you're right, other names that, you know, just are out, any name. Yeah. Because this is a difficult thing. It's it's harder than you think when you sit down to really do it. Um, right. It's tough. Think about everything that that name implies and then decide if it's a good name. Yeah. And let us know what you come up with. You can always send us a line on Facebook. You can drop us a note on Twitter. And you can send us an email directly at carstuffatdiscovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.